This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Right, I was going to... No, Hannah. No, Hannah. No. <laughs> We're not doing this that way. Hannah was supposed to be doing tonight's intro. And I know producer Gary editing this is thinking, this isn't an intro. We are not having you getting away with doing that because this is a voice-only podcast. Hannah, first of all, <laughs> welcome back, by the way. Um, but secondly, Hi. explain what your rose was last week and then what you've just done during the intro. My rosette. Hi, Liam. By the way, uh, my rosette last week was half and half scarves, and approximately twenty-four hours after recording the podcast, I took Charlotte to England and North Macedonia, and little Charlotte with her big blue eyes and her blonde hair. It's like, mommy, I want one of those scarves, and I said, I can't possibly get you one of those scarves, darling. Um, there were two, two old blokes listening and they're like, two right, love, they go in the bin. Um, but yeah, so Charlotte's got a half and half scarf and I was waving it during the intro. I was going to say, but she wasn't waving it. You, you were definitely. <laughs> yeah, I was going to put it up on the it. wall and as I was coming down, she's like, you're taking my scarf, mummy, because I did explain that it was like a lols. A lols. Uh, I, I, think you, I think you really like it. <laughs> my, I had a, t- a chat with my dad about it. He's like, "Oh, it's actually quite a nice one." It's, I mean, it's it's not, but it's the first England match, and it was what, like seven nil. So you know, it's fine. Like you said, Liam, it's I, all I, about I, I, agree. I agree. I was just pointing out the pure hypocrisy of what you've done. Um, <laughs> well, it was, like it wasn't technically my Rosette either, was it? I was doing it on behalf of. A listener yeah, but you, um, you who also it. received the photo of Charlotte at the football with it. We all so. got the photo. Um, <laughs> we all got the photo. I, I'm quite glad I got the photo because it reminded me the game was on. I'd completely <laughs> forgotten, but you, know, you were supposed to do the intro, but it's fine. You'll do next week. I was not going to sit, fine. I couldn't sit quiet and let you pretend you'd not done that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here and we've got a. Yeah. We've got a, a kind of a, I want to say like a repeat of a show from a few weeks ago, but about a different team. A few weeks yeah. ago, we did a show about Wigan, didn't we? And Shame yeah. to have to have another one. Yeah. Um, 
But tonight we've got uh, we've got Greg joining us from the, and I'm hoping I've got this right. He's in the waiting room. I can see him. Greg, give me a nod if it is right. Sell before we die. He's giving me a thumbs up that and a nod. There we go. Should we just should we bring him in and talk talk talk? Ready? Yeah. Start with that. And then. Good evening, Greg. You are muted. Hey, there we go. <laughs> it wouldn't be the Real EFL podcast if we didn't have a blunder in the first five minutes. Absolutely devastating. We look to kick on from here. Like <laughs> the equivalent of going for a kickoff, kickoff, hitting it into the channel, it just goes straight out. Of it. Nice. Well, it, here's the thing: you coming on and mimicking or trying to speak, but no noise coming out is kind of, you know, kind of a symbol for what's been going on at your club. There's been no no real noise of what's been going on, but there's a hell of a lot of things going wrong for you. Do you want to talk us through where you're at at the minute? Oh, yeah, mate, where to start? So, <laughs> um, while I've been in the waiting room, we have got a new manager, though, which is a start. Oh, that is news. So, um, yeah, which is touch. We've got Ruben Sellers. Ruben Sellers. Joined, yeah. Which is annoying because we were saying no sellers, not sellers, like which is frustrating to start the. But the owners delivered a manager, which is great. Now with eight players, that we we expect that he'll probably need to do something there. But no, it's it's been a what are we on? We're on about four years of pure shit show now. So it's um he he took over. So Dai Yong is the Chinese billionaire who took us over. When on the eve of our playoff final game against Huddersfield, which I don't know if you remember, but it was the worst playoff final game you've ever seen. And we lost on penalties. And so that sort of set the tone for his camp for his ownership, but he's a big gambling man, apparently. And so he took a gamble on will they be in the Premier League after this one game? We weren't. And then it's just been a series of atrocious bad management. And it's We've been, I think we've been in transfer embargo for three seasons. We've had points deducted two seasons in a row. Uh, the last set of points deductions is the reason we were relegated. It's like if we hadn't had that, we would have stayed up. Um, I don't know what more you can say since then. Like if you go through, if you go through just how bad an owner he is, we go from we've every single part of the club has been downgraded. We had. Men's got relegated today to third, well last last season to third tier football. The women's football team got dumped out of the, um, the WSL, having been in there for a very long time and having been like really sort of punching above their weight. And like, but that won't matter to a lot of people. But I think in terms of symbolic decline, I think it's it's appalling. And in a in a year where women's football has suddenly become more popular, we suddenly had made it less popular. Um, and it's been less looked after. And then our academy was downgraded from category one to whatever is the category below that. I'm going to assume two, but we lost cat A status, basically. And you only need to look at some of the kids that have come through our system, like Michael Elise. And like there are lots that have gone on to really big club. And we lost, lost that as well. So it's it's just sort of we've got a history of having the worst billionaire, the least business savvy billionaires. Um and now, and now, say so. Sell, sell us before we die has become a sort of fans' movement where we're just like we're now terrified that we're going to lose the club, and it's got to that level of incompetence that it, it could happen almost by mistake. You worry, <laughs> like, and like there's all sort of things where there's rumours left, right, and centre that he's in some sort of legal case in China, and that's making it hard to get money. Right? If you were to be sympathetic to his case, you say that oh. He's a Hong Kong-based businessman, which means that moving money out of China is, is hard at the best of times. It's got harder 
since COVID and like and since some of the problems they've had in terms of like geopolitically moving money out of there. But the decisions he's made have been atrocious. And if you ask any football fan from QPR to Arsenal what they think about having Keir Drubchi and sniffing around your club, like they'll tell you. It's like it's it's just a, a cataclysmic what I, it's, it's funny actually when you list it out you're like Jesus Christ it really is appalling like yeah. <laughs> it just thought like he actually hasn't done anything oh we've got a really good training ground though which is becoming an even better training ground because so few players are using it so like the, <laughs> because it's pristine pristine at the moment <laughs> like, but yeah so it's, it's a miserable set but like look the, if, if there was any if there was any silver lining to come from this it's unified Reading fans in a way that I've not seen in my lifetime before. And like I think, look, my dad's generation will talk to you about there was a period where Robert Maxwell was going to merge Oxford United and Reading Football Club and be called Thames Valley Royals, which in Premier League speak is like merging Southampton and Portsmouth and calling them South Coast sub Seagulls or something like that. It would have been like it would have been mortifying. But yeah. it's been like it's a nice touch where it was suddenly there, like because Reading and like we're a nice fan base. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I had a tweet pop off a couple of months ago that was like, we are going to write the most strongly worded letter here. <laughs> that's, that's, so I mean, we don't have a massive firm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we've, like we're not we're not sort of those sort of fans. It's like, there's a decent amount of Stone Island knocking about, but we're not really that, <laughs> like, we're not really that lot. And it's sort of like, whenever there's been like trouble with the club, like we've been really patient with the owners and there's been a lot of people being mm-hmm. like, oh, well, he's trying. Because the one thing you can't accuse him of doing is he has spent money. It's just mm. he spent it like an absolute idiot. Like, and so when you've got it, like this point to the point of it being reckless to the point. So when we're sort of saying part of our group is not to be like, we hate Diet Young. We're just like, mate, you're just not very good at running football clubs. And you've killed you've killed one in China, which was Beijing Rene, which went broke and burnt out. There's another one in Belgium, which although it's not directly Dai Yong, it's his family and its business coming through called KSV Rosalaire, who now no longer exist. And you're just like, and that's the only bit of anger I have for the EFL, where you look at a fit and proper owners test. Like this guy is unfit mm-hmm. and improper. Like it's like just from a colouring in point of view, you'd be like. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep on? Why do you keep on killing football clubs? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, so the only bit of like my residual distaste for the EFL stems only that far. But I'm just there, like you know the meme of the security guard who does the the pat down like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's EFL's fit and proper owners test. So that's my lingering distaste for that. But other than that, it's a it's a it's a shitstorm of our own making. Like, or rather, this one particular owner's making. And I think. There's a broader argument to talk about how this sort of thing gets regulated, but for the meantime, we are annoyed, unified Reading fans looking to run a series of protests that run from a bit of general disobedience and mischief making into the bit that we think is a bit more progressive, which is we're doing stuff like getting the training ground protected status, getting the stadium protected status, the joy of being a team a team of IT consultants and accountants is that we do have a lot of administrative heavy people who got a bizarre amount of civil servants in the fan base who know how to lobby, go through like I'm I'm in PR, so I know a bit about like how to attack it from a media point of view. And I love a I mean I spent my my formative parts of my career doing stunts for Paddy Power. So I like that sort of like the more mischiefy mm-hmm. side of things. Yeah. Um 
So it's like we're doing all we can to raise awareness for it. But the, what's made it quite, what's sort of quite interesting is like we're not an interesting story anymore because Wigan, like it's happening at Wigan, mm-hmm. it's happening at West Brom, it's happening at It's like it used to be a football club going under would be seen as like the most terrifying thing of all time. And now you're like, well, it does happen. And it's happened quite a lot. And I remember seeing like, yeah. You know when you sort of switch off a little bit when you look down the leagues, and you know, like I thought they're like bloody hell, Scunthorpe were like in the seventh tier or something. Now it's like God, they were in the championship like six years ago. Yeah. But the flip side is there's happy stories as well, right? Where you've seen Luton go all the way down and all the way back. Mm-hmm. You've seen Wrexham go all the way down and all the way back. And we were joking today that we think Jason Bateman and Will Arnett should buy Reddit. We're just looking for fun Americans at this point. Don't please don't. I I, I can't. <laughs> One lot of them I couldn't deal with two. I mean, we've we've kind of got one point five of them because we also have Crawley. Oh, who, uh, <laughs> the, the issue with Crawley is that they've got the ego, but not the <laughs> the success. So we got you know Crawley, the like, opposite ends of the scale. It's like when Liverpool tried to do Moneyball with American owners, wasn't it? Which I really enjoyed. Where it was just sort of like, oh lads, just give. Give them the money and crack on. Like it's, yeah. it's not right there. But like, we think we're quite attractive to Americans. Obviously, being a nicknamed the Royals, like maybe we could trick them into thinking like Kate Middleton's affiliated or something. Like, get it in that way. Like, right off to Harry and Meghan. Maybe look, their Netflix money's run out. Like, maybe they could come and waste it at a football club. It'd be Royals again. Like, but no, the bit like in all seriousness, the bit we're trying, which is a bit, which we think is a bit more different to the average pressure group, is we're actively looking to find an owner. And mm-hmm. we're presenting with what little visuals we have of the figures is a realistic case that we can send off to private equity firms, investment, banking, getting through to the right people. Um, so, yeah, I can tease a few things of what we're going to do. But like, no, but I think it'd be really fun. We, we're talking about taking an advert out in the FT and just be like, look, buy our football team. Like there'll be someone that is right here. It's saddled with debt. You're going to have to work out how to get in contact with the owners. And believe it or not, we've already been we've already been contacted by an intermediary for someone. Like we're like we're looking at it like as suspiciously as you should do. Um, mm-hmm. But it looks at this point like a like a genuine like it looks at this point like a genuine inquiry. And so we're helping them. We're trying to put the things out. I've seen questions from Ryan about the stop. I think like look, the main thing for fans to get involved is start by. We're at a stage now where we just need awareness. Like we've got three thousand on Twitter in three in three days, which is good, given that Amazing. that's about that was getting to the point. That's about half a league cup. That's about half a league cup attendance at the moment mm-hmm. um, on a Tuesday night cold. Like I'd like <laughs> a bit better than that. Speaking um, of Crawley, though, that's nearly double their average home. But there you go. Like we've done it on Twitter already, mate. Like it's like so we're going like. We're going, we're going nicely, but at this point, we're like, we need awareness more than anything. We need as many fans to be following it. And as I said, that's been one of the, like the warm, been one of the warmest parts of it. Like today, like it's been the amount of people who, what's been really realistic, what's been really nice is there's always been a bit of discourse in Reddit. But about the big fear is, what if he just buggers off and we're mm-hmm. and we're done for and we're left high and dry? And it's mm-hmm. like, I think what happened was the straw that broke the camel's back. Is like the latest mess up with the manager, the latest like. HMRC. When HMRC gets mentioned, you yeah. start, you freak out, and I yeah. think that's been the straw that's broke a lot of the camel's back for a lot of fans, and they'll be like, "Oh shit, no, this is bad." Like, and 
it's really sort of galvanized the fan base. And we've been like inundated with people with suggestions ranging from let's brick his house to like here are here are a load of councillors to get in touch with. Mm. We have bricked his house, no one knows where he lives. Um, so it's um <laughs> no, nor would we. Um no. it, no, and it's it's that sort of constructiveness to develop. Like, it's, it's been amazing. We've had like property lawyers come in and be in touch with us about like how you go around preserving it. And it's it's been a good time to have quite a professional fan base and go through like but yeah, from a on a on a pure playing point of view, we've got we've got eight first team players. So Celez has been announced 20 minutes ago. Um he has got to that's like things at the moment our team is going to be Andy Carroll up front on his own, crossing into Andy Carroll up front on his own. We don't have a single central midfielder in the entire squad. Uh, we've got our two centre-backs, the two Reading lads, who are Tom McIntyre and Tom Holmes, and they're big Reading fans, but there's been a rumour that they've been wanting I heard help. about Tom McIntyre in the Championship in Scotland. and But yeah, that was going to be one of my questions, actually, in terms of is there anyone else that can come up from the academy or... So, yeah, I mean, look, the academy's there, but like, even with the academy lads, it's like, look, the best ones are getting... So we've, we've just had a 14, 15-year-old getting linked with Chelsea. And it's just sort of like, OK, cool. So, like, the under-23s, they're all right. Like, they're all, all the under twenty one side they are. Um, and they are... Yeah, there'll be kids coming through. Like, I think, we, I think we've got... Like, we're going to have to. Like, there's a couple of... Like, we've got a couple of right-backs coming through who are really decent. The goalkeeper situation is... Like, we've got... Um, we've got a young lad coming through, Connor, um, who is decent, but I think Dean Buzanis at the moment is looking like our first choice. And like, as he's affectionately known, Dean Huzanis. And he was just a friend of Tom Ince. Like, Tom Ince, we think, is almost certainly going or gone. Um, and he was one of the few bright patches of any season coming through. He would arguably be our only central midfielder. Don't have a single win winger coming through. We haven't had a we haven't had a left back that belonged to Reading um, for about three seasons now. I'm about to be joined by a toddler. She's also got she's also um un, unwell. She's re representing the health of the school. But she has got a load of Kinder Surprise, which could be a reflection of what they, I'm just gonna quickly run up. Do you wanna say hello? Hey yeah. No. <laughs> so, can we ask then for you guys? Obviously, you mentioned that you you're you're a generally nice fan base, and it was like we're gonna. You joked about we're gonna we're gonna write a strongly worded letter, but there are steps that fans take in in kind of your situation. And are you guys planning the same things? Do you think it will come to you know a, a point of protests? Do you think that is going to be sort of the next step for you guys? I think it's got to be. Like, I think, like, so I sort of, we're sort of advocating at the moment. It's a little bit of, um, it's a little bit of ballot box and armour life, right? Where, for the most part, we want to be civil. Because we don't, we don't like, as I said, like, we just want to get the club sold. Yeah. So it's quite single-minded. And we don't think, don't think, like, basically rioting in the streets is going to get that done. Um, I think, like, there's a little bit of Chinese, there's a little bit of Chinese business culture to take into account. So... We've talked a lot about like loss of faith and how important that can be. Just mm -hmm. embarrassing and highlighting it. So we want to target TV games and go through that. But also, like we also have a responsibility to fans to actually be active and be seen to do stuff. And it's like, and I think that's important that like look, some people do need to just go out and have a march. 
And if I, if that makes them feel better, great. I would query the effectiveness um, if it's not at games, if it's not at TV games coming through. But like, we'll escalate it at the moment. Like the stuff we've got planned is clever and is look looking towards embarrassing rather than what's the word. Yeah, we're not looking to riot, put it that way. No. But there's, there's think... ways and means that like the, the they can be effective, but they can also be quite counter-effective. And I think you know, we use Hartlepool down in League Two have just dropped into the National League. Their owner is very he's quite hostile. And he he literally came out and said, I'm looking to sell, don't push me. And that was yeah. essentially saying if you if you have protests, if you make this difficult, I'll just walk away. And that yeah. was where, and so that's what you don't want to get to. You mentioned about embarrassing and things. Have, have you looked at um, contacting the Chinese media, that side of things? Because if you can generate the noise over there, that's what you want, don't you? You want, because it, it is about embarrassment. It's about status over there. And it's like shame is a big thing that, that's that's avoided or they, they, they don't react well to. And that's kind of the worst thing, isn't it? When you bring shame upon your name and, that that could be the, probably the only other thing I could think of. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I look, the main, the main the thing that we talk about, but it's quite a tricky. It's a tricky one, really, because you know, you don't want to, you don't want to like the funny thing that we were really clear on early doors. We don't want to lean into him being Chinese. Like I don't like it. Sort of like it's. I'm just a bit like, nah, he's just a shit owner. Like he could be mm-hmm. from any country in the world. It's going through that. But you can be clever and you can be a bit cynical. And I think, like, look, we are intending on being a bit cynical. Like I mentioned that FT advert. We were only going to buy it in the – we were only going to buy it for the FT Asia edition. Um, so it was seen more than that. Like, but we don't think, like, look, there's no point going marching on the Chinese embassy, for example, because, like – No, it, no, no. Like, it's, it doesn't – it doesn't – like, we, we, we're very keen on the taste test. And if it feels like it's a bit too – anti-China versus anti-Dayong, it's probably not right. And, I, th- um, I think, I think so. I think I was kind of getting to it. Obviously, you mentioned there's another club that he had yeah, that, that died. And it, it could be a case of finding fans of that club and working with them so that it's, it's kind of them generating it of going, guys, it's happening again. This is what's going on. It's happening in another country. He did this to our club. He's doing it to another, and it, it kind of generates that interest. Yeah. It's not really leaning into the fact that he's he's Chinese because I was if he was, you know. Yeah. It, although I do know that pride is a big thing within, you know, within within China. But it's it, I suppose it is just how you do it, and you've got to you've got to be careful. And I get that, but yeah. yeah. But no, it's to your point. It's like look, what we don't what we don't is it's all about treading that tightrope, right? And that mm-hmm. Harley example is is a great example where. Yeah, we don't want to get to the point where he just goes, "Oh, like screw you lot, we're off." Mm-hmm. And and then it could happen because like it's his hassle running a football club and it's expensive and he's made a lot of losses and it's like I can understand why he's not just like like it would be very I, if I was him, I would have washed my hands of it. Like I'd have just been like, that "How how like I am this bad at it? I've seen a, I've seen a stadium empty. I would just be like." It's, I just can't understand how you could get any joy out of out of doing it, and so mm-hmm. I don't understand what his motivation is. But the, this is another part of the biggest problem with him: he doesn't speak, and so we get. And it's like I hate using this expression as it's like a nice woke media expression, but we are getting actively gaslighted, where we get told from we get told by the CEO of chap called Dion Pang that oh, Mr. Dai is a very he's a very um, he's a very secretive person. He he likes to be in the background. We're like. It almost feels like a threat. 
Like, so it's, oh, well, he's, he's so secretive. He can't possibly tell you what's going on. I'm like, or you could. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's just like being. So what's, what, the, there's a timeline, there's a deadline of Thursday. What's that for? That's the EFL breaches. So, yes, I think so. So that's to answer the breach. Right. Um, and then I think like because the, the 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 thing is this like so I'm not I'm not personally I'm not too worried about this latest winding up order like uh-huh. I think I think it's more administrative boo boo than yeah than oh no we're in big trouble like I could be proven wrong there and we are in much bigger trouble but I don't think it and it is only a petition isn't it rather than an order at this stage so that you know, suggests yeah. some suspicion so- but. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's a difference between are you are you negligent or is it more nefarious, right? And I and I and there was uh, the 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 gents that know pay slip culture a little bit better than I do were sort of pointing out that like look, this appears to line up perfectly with a time that the staff weren't paid properly, yeah, and that could and so it looks like it could be an administration HMRC issue right. rather than anything. But like it's again like it's dull and there's an explanation for it, but it's just like. It keeps on happening. It's like mm-hmm. you are rubbish at running a football club. Like the the points deductions over the last few seasons, have they all been for non-payment of wages, or has there been kind of variations in? No, mixed one. Like so, the last the was it? I think the first the two have been for the well, the first one was for out and out cheating, basically, and okay. it was violation of financial fair play, and it was we like we're the only team that's done financial fair play and got worse. Like it was just like like lads, if we're gonna like cheat, like let's at least get promoted. Like it's like we managed to spending stuff like seven and a half million on a thirty-one-year-old Sonny Aluko, paying Liam Moore thirty-eight grand a week. Proper, really smart business decisions. Liam like, Moore thirty-eight grand a week. Oh yeah, don't forget he was out injured for two years of that five-year contract as oh, well, yeah. and like basically hasn't played football for that long. And but at some point, like I think, at some point, our wages were like something like three hundred percent of income, and like, and so we basically like this is what I'm saying. He's a gambler, and so he right. shot for the Premier League, didn't make it, and then we are then getting absolutely pummeled by. So the season where we could have probably had a go was the season when we had Elise Swift actually had a Jaria in a bit of form. Like he used to be a football. He's one of the eight, by the way. I haven't seen him for like a year. Um. And we had this six months of like, bloody hell, we look good here. And then it just tapered off a little bit. And then the following season was when the points deduction started getting. So it's for violation of financial fair play. Then mm-hmm. I think, I forget which way round it is. I think that was that was 12 points off. And that was big. And that took us from like basically quite comfortable mid-table to in a yeah. bit of a And then Paul Ince got us out of that. I say he got us out of that. Derby being even more in trouble helped. Um, and that sort of got through. And then this season, it was for, we basically, long story short, we had an agreement with the EFL of this is how we would operate as a business plan. And and they deducted another, another six points for not sticking to the business plan. And without getting without getting too boring on it, it was, it was basically failure to sell enough of our players to generate income was right. the problem. And so it was, I think if you read between the lines, it was like, do we gamble on selling Lucas Jow or in or do we hope his goals keep us up? Mm-hmm. And what happened was we didn't sell Lucas Jow and Paul Lins didn't play him for six months and we went down anyway. So it's it's yeah, it's it sucks, but like that's where it is. So the big the bit the again to give you an idea of how patient Reading fans are, there was a bit of enthusiasm for this season because it was like, oh, the great reset. Like right. all the points that we could have possibly been hit with, that's all the embargoes that we could possibly mm-hmm. take. Oh, here's another one. 
And, oh, we seem to have messed up the Chris Wilder appointment, which there's all sorts of rumours going on around that, about, yeah. like, CEO pulled it and stuff like that. And you're just there, like, oh, we've just been hit by HMRC. Oh, we've not paid our wages. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like, And I think that's it. And I think people went, like, look, that's enough. And that's why we've had 3,000 Twitter followers in three days. Yeah. Like, like, so even with an, a new owner, what's the best case for this season? So for this season... Well, look, let's realistically say we're not going to get a new owner this season. I'd be astonished mm-hmm. if we did. We, I have now revised our, I think I've revised our expectations for, actually, I think we need to stay in League One now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, I think it's going to be a tread water sort of season. Like, and hopefully we've got enough talent left of the eight, but also enough of the kids coming oh, through yeah. to sustain it. And and I, I think there might be some checkbook come out. And I think there's a little less financial scrutiny in League One than there is in Championship. So I imagine right. we will we will make some moves um if Dai stays interested. And then I think we'll probably it will have so realistically you're looking for consolidation. Like I, I do worry a little bit about double relegation if like there's no players come in, but at least we've got someone mental enough to manage us now, which is a which is a start. And I, I mean, my I think we'll be operating on loads of loans again and coming through. But it's like we'll support the team. Like that's the other thing we've got. We've got the whole back the team, not the regime thing. Where it's just like, look, we want sellers to do well. Like it's everyone does. Like, mm-hmm. and we would love this to be. But it's like it's like United fans and Clay and like it's United United fans and Glazer. Like you could win the Champions League, and I think we're now at the point where we don't care. I've, like, I've just I was just about to bring the United fans and Glazers into this because as you've been saying that I've just been reading um Man United fans protesting against Adidas demanding that they mm. end their relationship with the Gla grow up. Yeah. Genu- genuinely your your owners, regardless of whether you think they've put enough in, you've spent over a billion pounds on players in the last 10 years. This club's not paying wages. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's clubs that like, can't afford to pay wages. Grow up. There's levels in the game, and this is the other thing we talk a lot about the Reading staff. And we're like, but look, it says like, look, it's like, look, we recognize that this protest puts pressure on them, and like, they it, it, there's uncertainty around the club. But like, I would argue, look, there's uncertainty around that club, regardless, and that they yeah. will always have friends in us. But like, it is, it's like people forget that, like, when it's like at this level, like, relegation equals job losses, like, that includes our women's football team, like, they've, mm-hmm. all, lost, they've all lost their jobs and gone part time, like, yeah. managers gone, there'll be support staff that are gone, there'll be suppliers hit, there'll be local economy hits, like. It's a big deal when a team gets relegated, and the way we've the way it's happened has been with such flagrant disregard that we have had to like. It's, it's um. There's a great line of film called Four Lines where it's just like the moderates have been radicalized, like radicalized the moderates. It's like that's a bit what it's like with Reading fans, and it's like <laughs> if if we're if we're titted off, it's really really bad. Like, and it's yeah. really really bad, and I think. Look, it's um I'm conscious you've had me on for quite a while now, but it's like look, that's the if there's Reading fans listening, you know where we are, like mm-hmm. join join the awareness part. Like we need to get mm-hmm. as many numbers as possible because awareness comes before action, action comes before action comes before you don't you can't have action if nobody knows you exist and what the issues yeah. are. Mm-hmm. But so look, more widely, this isn't just a Reading problem, like right? this is a broad no. EFL yes. issue. And it's like it's even if you know, there's any Oxford Swindon fans out there, like, look, as much as you don't like it, you don't want it. You don't, I, I like put it this way, I don't want Swindon to go bust. I don't want Oxford to go bust. I want to, pl- I want to play them. Mm-hmm. And I want to batter them. Like, <laughs> like, like, 
it's um like you'd rather have it you'd rather have us there so i think like look if if yeah. you are affected by this we're on twitter at uh, um sell, sell, sell before we die like you'll find us there it's like it's nice it dies dai because we're hilarious with the pun game <laughs> um you'll find you'll find us there but like this is the point i don't want us to be just a reading group i would love us to be more of a football group and an efl group because it will affect all of us you're one minute away like and the point i'd, I'd make on that is like we had a period where we were very excited about Dai. It's like, here's a Chinese billionaire. Oh my God, Kid, your chin's here. He like brought loads of people to the Premier League. And like, you're, you have the right as a football fan to be fickle yeah. and to be like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not a business of sport expert. So I got excited because there was a load of money coming in. And it's just like a little bit of be careful what you wish for. But also, like, this is a wider problem about governance as well. Like, there has mm-hmm. to be. If anything can be learned from us, Wigan, West Brom, like all of these clubs that have struggled, your Scunthorpe, your Berry's going through, it's like there has to be something better than the system that we've got for yeah. monitoring the people that are coming yeah. in. And having having fans of different f- clubs involved in terms of supporting you, especially if it's your rivals and your local teams, that that makes your message stronger as well. Mate, you know? I completely, I completely agree. And like we, we'd offer the same back. It's so yeah. like I think allyship's really, I think allyship's really important here in terms of like, look, let's try and make this a football fan thing because mm-hmm. it's like, and I, we, we had a couple of tweets and like people getting in touch to that effect saying like, look, not not a Reading fan. Like we went through this at Charlton, like. Mm-hmm. It's like it sucks, and you do get this sense of like unity in football, and also like look, there's also there's no football going on, so people are bored and want to have something to be like, <laughs> now's, now's the time. Now's the now, time. Now's the time. Come and yeah. get ragey. Come and get ragey. We're <laughs> yeah, you like, guys can be. You guys can be the nice fans. Let's let's get some Grimsby yeah, fans involved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be horrible. It's like, okay, we'll give we'll give Millwall a ring to come in and be the, yeah. the enforcer. Yeah. I know you like. Quiet. I know you lot are going really nicely at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but no, it's as I said. Look, thank you, thanks a lot for having me on. If like it's yeah, I think if someone's just said like rivalry is nothing without rivals, and it's like, and, like I went to a wedding with a load of Nottingham Forest fans the other week, and like they all said the same thing about Derby County. Goes like, don't get me wrong, found it hilarious. Don't want them to go broke. Like, there's, a, there's a limit, isn't there? There's like it, yeah. it's like when Leeds went through all their stuff, and for me, when they had the the big points deductions, like I was, I thought it was the best thing in the world until it looked like they were gonna go too far and at that point yeah. it's like well hang on no come on it's like, it's like when you it's like when a mate gets too drunk at a wedding right you're like this is hilarious oh no don't punch the bride like it's, <laughs> like, it's it's miserable like and it gets to the point where you're you're there and yeah like as i said thank you for having us on thank you for giving it a, a bit of awareness to other fans and yeah if my last message could be follow us on socials i don't care if you're a reading fan i don't care if you think we're tim pot you don't want tim pot going out of business otherwise exactly. You don't get to meme about anything. Also, the away end at Reading has got much better now. The hot dogs are better. Stay in town. That one-way bus system is really working for us now. Two quid in and out. We're actually a much better away day than you give us credit for. The league one's about to find out as well. well exactly. so you're being polite there. Well, look, when when there's when there's some movement or when the season starts, once you've got some players in, we'll, you know, we can bring you back. We can find out what's happening, where you've gone, and we'll we'll move from there. Is that all right? Yeah, that'd be great. In the meantime, look forward to Andy Carroll at right back. It'll be, ah, <laughs> it'll be quite something. Can't wait. He could just lay down, couldn't he? And it, oh, mate, it, it both ends. It's like, it's, um, we were trying to think of all the positions Andy Carroll could play. We thought right back would be the funniest, where he'd have to hit his long ball so high, he'd have to run forward and get the flick on. But, like yeah. an up and under. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'll go for it. Be brilliant. But, uh, 
yeah, sweet. Anyway, look, I'll let, I'll let you crack on with the rest of your show, mate. But, thanks well, so thank much. you very much, Greg. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. We'll have you back hopefully Lovely. very soon with some good news. I think I'll let, I'll let you know. Or I'll, or I'll be here with a Reading fan destitute. Yeah. And fans for hire. <laughs> <You're working laughs> you, reading the eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, sure. Greg. Nice one, Greg. Thanks so much. So, wow. so, 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 so. Let's... Um, Everything changed today with Reading, with new manager and the HMRC petition being confirmed. It was uh, yeah. really interesting to see how they're getting on. Yeah. So we, you know, we went on a lot longer than we were originally going to because there's a hell of a lot. <laughs> I think if those changes hadn't happened today, then it would have been shorter. But you know, there was a lot to cover there. But yeah, let's to move on to the next thing, which I believe. It's fixtures because they're fixtures, out. Fixtures were out. It was so exciting. I was like a kid at Christmas, and it was like it was. It, it felt phased as well. So there were the the first ones at nine o'clock, and then there's some more in the afternoon, and then. Uh, and we got the, then we got the EFL. We got the EFL trophy, but we didn't find out who the the under twenty ones team uh, was because apparently they have to be done different. So exciting. Um, yeah. Do you know what my favourite part of all the fixture releases were? And anyone who's <laughs> kind of followed the real EFL, followed the lower league, followed anything that we've done over the last couple of years. There's a Stevenage fan called Matt Farley. Yes, I'm now, familiar with his work. Matt Farley is without a doubt the most positive person you will ever meet in your life. And since they were promoted from League Two, every day he has tweeted, I can't believe we are a League One club. I can't wait. Oh, I know what's league... <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> for our League One fixtures. I can't believe we're going to be playing League One football. It's just come out. Stevenage, first game, Northampton. Northampton. <laughs> and I was just, that, I actually didn't even look at our fixtures first because I've seen so many tweets from him. I was like, where? Oh, oh come on, where is Stevenage going? I was like, Northampton. Oh, um, they've just come up from League Two. Essentially, you've got another League Two game, Matt. That's what's happening there. <laughs> um, any, any particular standouts and I, we mentioned in our group chat earlier and I told you to stop talking because I didn't want you to tell me what you knew in the yeah. chat. I wanted to talk about it tonight, which is I was always under the impression the fixtures were random. They're so not random. Are they, are they not? Like, are there, they so there is a tiny amount of randomness to it. And actually, the more I've kind of kicked it about this afternoon, and I'll kind of, I'll explain very kind of um, succinctly how they work. But I do think, and we can talk about it afterwards, that there is still an element of uh, mysticism slash Sky Sports influence that isn't adequately explained in the kind of the way it works. So until I've got history and everything, I'm, I love this. You, like I would always love this. It's data. I'm, I'm going to mute up. And, oh, it's amazing. And I can provide links and references and, you know, further reading for anyone who's interested. It's not a job so, interview, Hannah, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're on, you're so, on trial. <laughs> until 1982, it was done on paper. Like, all of the, uh, the, all of the um, fixtures were done on paper. And then they brought in this computer. And now there is a man called Glenn Thompson who is responsible for this planning exercise, which goes from the Premier League right the way through the Football League. So it's, uh, I think, 2000, over 2,000 fixtures. He starts planning it 
um, in November. It's eight months worth of planning. And so what they do in November is they take like the FA Cup dates, the EFL Cup dates, EFL trophy, if there's any international fixtures that they need to avoid, like all of those get locked in. And then at some point in the spring, a questionnaire gets sent to every club and they can make date requests. So I don't know, say there is a massive chicken festival in Bradford that is, you know, everyone from Yorkshire is coming to Bradford then they can say we don't want to we don't want to be at home on that day um or i don't know there was an example i think it was when liverpool were having their ground redone they requested that they didn't have any home games for the first part of the season so that they could finish it off and their first home game wasn't until the 10th of september um that's that's what luton have done as well this season right yeah yeah that makes sense yeah so they get apparently from the efl 80 to 90 requests from different clubs to for for particular fixtures or particular particular um requests and they estimate that about 85 percent of those are granted so they can't they kind of accept that they can't please everyone all of the time and you'll remember um Fergie at United it was a Champions League thing and Jose Mourinho had a pop as well at the you know this whole random situation so they are more transparent now um it is random and automated at its very core but there's so much else that goes into it it's so exciting so they take um so they they use sequencing they use algorithms they use um, pairs and pairing grids. So um, sequencing is blocks of five fixtures. And within your block of five fixtures, you can't have more than three home or away games. So that's like a little split there. They get to put into a set and then they get reversed for the second half of the season. Uh, the other rules are that you should, um, for the opening and the closing days, you should have one home and one away. Now, County were home for both last season. We had Barrow at home and then Hartlepool at home. So, you know, with all of this, there are ex- um, exemptions or exceptions, I guess. Um, and then for Boxing Day and New Year's Day, they try and have one at home, well, one at home and one away. Mm-hmm. And also try and be quite local. But I think yeah. like Wrexham have got Swindon on I don't know, it's Boxing Day or There's a there's a couple with Wrexham. So uh... co- coincidentally, Wrexham have Salford, who we all know both those teams are gonna be uh, Sky Sports yeah. darlings. Oh, on the, the international break. On yeah. the international break. Uh, but Bradford, we also had home game first and a last yeah. game of the season just on with Doncaster at home. So that might be because of other other requests that have gone in and they've kind of messed it up. The pairs are really interesting. So this is one thing I think a lot of people know about that like United and City, Liverpool and Everton, but also it doesn't have to be in the same league. So like Villa and Birmingham, they can't be at home on the same day. So those pairs are taken into account. Um, And then they look at like areas, particularly like Greater London, the Midlands, the Northwest, and look at um, kind of they want an even spread of clubs playing home and away. And then they also look at like the impact on the rail network and the policing and and roads to see where like groups of fans are going to be. So they have these pairing grids. And what that says is basically all of on a particular day, all of these teams are going to be at home. 
and all these teams are going to be away and that's random so that part of it is random and automated one thing that i found really interesting which i don't think i knew about until today was that you know those crazy like tuesday night away days and yes. you think like so i did crawley in like september october last year which was miserable some of those are engineered because they would rather have um like a local derby on a saturday because there is about revenue generation and revenue maximization for fixtures on Saturdays. So if they can have a fixture at the weekend that has 10 to 15% more, then your, your county versus Crawley on a Tuesday night is kind of sacrificial, if you like. Um, and then they get a provisional list for review and then they can kind of tweak it. But one change or one match being changed can then affect like 40 other matches. It's, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'd love to meet Glenn Johnson and his supercomputer. So it's his fault that I've got to go to Crawley on the opening game of the season is what you're saying, essentially. I mean, yeah, or it might be uh, Preston. Yeah, probably Preston's like, getting me. <laughs> Anything for an interview, we need to sit down and have a chat with him. Just me, Preston, and Jay Sarah having a chat around the table. Yeah. Um, producing the worst content in the EFL. Television supposedly doesn't come into it. Like in the US, everything, you know, fixtures are determined by television and that's how it works. Um, but yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we've got Wrexham on the last game of the season. I'm fairly sure that that's not random. Yeah, but this season, it wouldn't be able to be televised, would it? Because it's going to be a 3pm, the yeah. last game, isn't it? So, but that's why we end up with things like Stoke West Brom on Super Sunday, yeah. then, isn't it? Um, when it's just called Sunday. They take yeah. the super off with certain teams, but I, I've never seen you get so excited. Um, oh, I, I remember watching, a, like, I think it was a documentary years ago. And so, like, when people have been saying over the last few weeks, like, oh, random, oh, and like all of that, it, I'm like, it, 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 but it isn't random. And I didn't realize that not many people knew that it was, uh, that there was planning involved in it. And I guess at its core, it is random, but there's so much else that gets taken in. So I just find it really interesting. Yeah. Well, look, we've learned something new and I hope everyone's learned something new. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to message you later because I'll have forgotten. Um, yeah, and I want to know his name when I'm writing the email. Oh, so, that, do you know what? If I was an adult and there was Jim will fix it, that would be my like non-controversial non um issue like that's who i'd like to meet did we just reference jimmy savile well right, yeah but hannah sure ryan's got his head in his hands <laughs> ryan has got his head in his hands uh <laughs> dear jim can you fix it for that part to be edited out please yeah, never, like... <laughs> oh she's been sued right so we were going to do some transfer talk, but we've kind of run over, haven't we? So yeah. we can we can Although, do. Although I, I do feel vindicated that Leighton Orion are in fact looking for a goalkeeper, and I was going to ask you because it's uh, Alex Bass. 
I'm you worried about Harry Lewis, but you know. So, right. We so I interviewed Sam Hornby, who used to be Bradford's goalkeeper, uh-huh. and not, not the season gone, the season before. Richard O'Donnell started as our number one. Had a bit of a rough period. Sam Hornby came in, and Sam Hornby really did well, and the fans really took to him. Like he had a chant. It was amazing. And after six games, he was driving into training, and uh, he got a phone call from Richard O'Donnell, and it was just, "Oh, Alex Bass is here." He's like, "What? What? What do you mean?" Like, Alex, <laughs> Alex Bass. He's brought Alex Bass in. Like, didn't tell him, no conversation or nothing. And Sam Hornby said, and it made, um, it was an article in the TNA once when we did the interview. The TNA quoted our our interview. And uh, Sam Hornby said he literally turned to his missus in the car when they were driving up and just went, Am I shit or something? (laughs) And that was his his quote. Um, Alex Bass came in and did nothing in terms of improving us in any way, shape, or form. So when he went back to, we learned him from Portsmouth. Um, Portsmouth, yeah, because he didn't go to Sunderland until last summer. No, and obviously he left us in May, and then a month later signed for Sunderland, and we were all like, oh, surely, <laughs> surely he's going there as a backup, and he, he actually went in and, and played. Only a couple of times, though. Yeah, but at, at the start of the season, he, I think they, they thought at the beginning he was going to be the, the main oh. one, and then and then they saw him. Um, honestly, if Leighton Orient are relying on Alex Bass, um, look, I know Marshall... Watch, watches this, uh-huh. who's one of the, the guys connected to Leighton Orient. Marshall, I love you. We'll see you back in League Two next season. It'll be a pleasure <laughs> to have you. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll do a full transfer coverage one on another week because there's loads happening yeah, and it's happening while we're talking. So one thing that Ryan's bleating away about is kits. He wants us to talk kits. Yeah, I love, I love a kit. I don't. Why? Well, Wait till we get to Rose Ed and then I'm going to talk kits. All right, um, well, should we do that then? Yeah, should we do it? Shall I do my Rose Ed? You do your Rose Ed, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, so my Rose Ed for this week, there's two of them, but they're connected. Oh, First gosh. of all is annual kits. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember, and there's people who will be listening to this who are younger who won't remember the time where you didn't get a kit every year. No. Your, your kits were for two years minimum sometimes three if you were stinger. Um, and I, I kind of like that because there's not, and again, this goes into the second part, teams are releasing two, three, sometimes four kits mm-hmm. in a season. You don't get use out of them, so you're buying them and you're not really getting to use them. And, and I hate that. So I think that yeah, Ryan's just put in chat, chat, it should be alternate home one year, alternate, and then away the next. You should get yeah. a home kit one year and away kit the next, and they should last two years. And I think that would be more value for money when you're buying them because the prices have gone through the roof, the 50 quid for, right. for a kit. And it's, you know, I, there's me, there's my partner, three kids. You know I mean, <laughs> raise something really appropriate. Though. Like in the lower league, you can't get the knockoffs from China either. You can't. Oh, well, we get that guy right from Reading. <laughs> Um, but no, I, that that really irritates me that we're at this point where it is just every single season we have new kits. And don't get me wrong, it's a little bit exciting, but ours has only got exciting now because I feel like Ryan Sparks has come in and from a commercial set, mm. he's gone, we release a new kit every single year. And the majority of them, they're all samey. So like the year we've just gone was Claret and Amber Stripes. The year before that, we had White. Yeah. So that was it's different. 
Is this the first season with your new badge on? We haven't got a new badge. I don't know. Is this, is this something we still don't talk about? No, it didn't bother me. I, I, I understood the reason behind needing a new badge. Um, there, there are, uh, there's it just a, got shelved. It just, there's old-fashioned fans that just... It's it's weird. So they were, this is this is who we are. This badge is who we are. Mm. And then there were others that were saying, bring back the Bradford Ball. That's who we were. It's like, well, we had the Bradford Ball for 12 months in 1984 or whatever it was. Like, that's not who we were. We wore it one season. Um, I was very transparent with people that I spoke to at the club. I said, just do it. Yeah. You know, people will moan. People will moan regardless. Um, just do it. And in 12 months' time, get us promoted wearing a kit, wearing a shirt with that badge on it. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's what it'll be remembered for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't like the annual kits. And my other one is third kits. <laughs> there is no need, unless there's a special reason, like an anniversary, yeah, something like that. Fine, you don't need three kits every. I like what? What? What do you need? Your, the purpose of your home kit is to have a home kit that looks what one way, and an away kit that is the opposite. So that mm -hmm. if you're playing a team where your home kit clashes, your away kit won't. If you need three kits to make them different, you're very bad at your job. <laughs> Who was it in League Two last season that had a home and away kit that looked that were the same colour? I can't remember who it was. I don't remember, but I, I just it just it baffles me because yeah, they are supposed to be the, the opposites. That was always my understanding. Like you mm. had your home kit in one colour, you had your away kit in kind of the opposite on the colour scale, so that they weren't clashes yeah. in any way. Yeah, um, yeah. but no, we, we're at this point now where you need three, you need four kits and you wear the third kit once maybe in an FA Cup game yeah and there's the whole thing as well at the like I can't remember who I'm, I'm great for detail this week someone's just announced a purple shirt is it Ports oh, I don't know um but it's someone else's like goalkeeper shirt from a year ago that they, they they do the rounds and you, you're led to believe that yours is you know this unique bespoke shirt and we had it last year with our home shirt that's blue and then swindon's third kit was a green version of it so mm. it's it, it's based on one of our shirts from the 90s and but presumably puma have just kind of put it into their library of of kits we're getting four this season because we've Why? got because because anniversary how so, many anniversaries you got coming up this season <laughs> like a special anniversary one and then the normal kind of home away in third i love a third i, I love our third kits the last couple of seasons they've been my favorites but why not just make them the away oh yeah like i'm not arguing against that i just you know but well, then ryan's just said there what if your home kit is red and white stripes but your away kit is blue and then the opposition has blue and white stripes what do you wear shirts versus skins that sounds like one of those kind of weird um like a maths um, equation, like <laughs> a GCSE one. Teaser, and I don't have the brain power to <laughs> deal with it today. David, David has 87 apples. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so what's what's your rule? Uh, I, I do like a kit. I like the whole kit reveal. There was like absolute meltdown last week, apart from the £27 tickets. Then we also had the kit was leaked that was exciting um has it been confirmed your kit leak is that legitimate 
I have reason to believe that it is, but no, no official sources have confirmed that it is legitimate. Oh. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. But we're, I mean, we're our preseason starts next week. This time okay. next week, it'll be preseason trip eve. I'll be going to Spain at six o'clock on Tuesday morning. Uh, so the kits must be out soon. I annually, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of part of the um, something to look forward to in the off season. But I get Ryan's point as well about, you know, you do one one year and one one the next. I think we've had so many issues in terms of scarcity of kits because we had that, uh, what do they call it? Uh, lorry, no, crate, what do they call it? Like a container. We had a container go missing full of county kits last year. So there's been a, a level of scarcity. So I think if, if clubs are, uh, are good with um, their kind of their stock and their distribution and they can manage supply and demand and, you know, can can continue that over two seasons, then, yeah, why not? I mean, people like cost of living crisis and, you know, obviously ticket prices are going up and all, everything else that goes with it. So, yeah, bear, it feels like a in mind. thing. Bear in mind, Crawley have not yet got stock in for their kit this season <laughs> they've just had. They've still not got stock for that no. shirt. You've, all season, you've not been able to buy the home kit. Wow. Um, so, you know, that's that's poor. And, you know, now now it's outdated. So it's a collector's edition, if anything. Um, the other ones who've got it with the players. So It's like look, an NFT. I, I, it isn't an NFT. Yeah, it's non-existent. <laughs> it's non-existent and it's worthless. Um, well, look, we 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 see. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Ryan. There's a compromise on it, which is do one a year, but don't replace everything year on year because it, it's it's getting very very expensive. Yeah, and you know, Ryan shared on uh, on Twitter this week Lincoln's goalkeepers kits. I got very confused because I wasn't sure which was a goalkeepers kit and which was an away kit. And yeah, they they are um, design. I mean, there'll be no mixing them up with the referee. Oh, I think they're hideous. <laughs> I'm happy to say it. I think they're awful. The mint one's the best of the three, but I do love a bit of mint turquoise. Mac FC had a really nice mint coloured shirt last year. It went into the sale for about seven quid. And I thought, I still can't bring myself to buy it because I'll never wear it. But it was lovely. <laughs> So what, what's yours then? What are you going for? for Wait, oh, I, first of all, am I, are we putting mine in? Uh, yeah, go on. Yes. What's yours? Mine. I don't. Mine feels a little bit controversial. Like, it, it, like. But it might not be. So um, it might be controversial as a Stockport County thing. Stickers. You know, like the stickers that say you know i don't know like stockport county on tour or your little firm stickers or and and it's a thing like to go around almost like graffiti um yes like tagging. yes at different grounds and on bus stops and things. yes yeah um it just i think so we were talking about this earlier and i think Part of my distaste from the, for them comes from having small children who have stuck stickers all over my house. 
and I know how painful it is to get them off with WD-40 and a wallpaper scraper and then you ruin your kitchen cabinets. No good can come of it and I feel really sorry for the people that ultimately have to take them off. Although, I mean, I recognise that they don't always and they just sit there and fade and become part of the furniture but it just feels a bit pointless really yeah no you won't get an argument from me there because i think there's 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 ones that i've seen as well where like fan groups make them yeah that's what we have they put their twitter handle on them Mm -hmm. now here's what i don't think they realize is that if those stickers are seen to be put upon lampposts in and around cities, in and around towns and things like that. And someone complains to the council, the first people they're going to contact is those that made it, and it's going to be their responsibility to remove them. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to get done for littering because that's what it's tied back to. And it's, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I, I don't, I, I completely, completely agree. Um, when you were first talking about the stickers, you were naming like all the hooligany ones, and I was like, Hannah, you're essentially saying you don't like football hooligans, that's not controversial, <laughs> but yeah, no stickers, get them in the bin 100%. Yeah. I don't, I don't see, I don't see the point. Like, I genuinely don't see the point. Like, no. we all know who's been to a club in the season, we don't need a sticker yeah. to, to, oh, crew, yeah, did you know crew have been at Crawley? They sit, yeah, because we're in the same league, yeah, but they're not just around for like. You see them all over North Wales and, you know, so it's just where, where you've been on holiday and, like, I've seen people put them on, on the pier at Blackpool and things like that and then take pictures. Do you mean, grow up. Do you know what I mean? Go, you're going on, going on holiday, going away for the weekend and you're taking stickers from your... You, like, grow up. You grow on adults. Yeah. yeah, Liam. I Honestly, I hate it. I do. I know. I, look, I wish I'd have thought of that one because I'd have put that in as well. <laughs> um Ryan's saying the stickers on the, the, the signs <laughs> around where he'll... Ryan, those are just road signs. That's all they are. Right? Is, do, do any of them say 30? <laughs> <laughs> oh, have we got like, have we got like a, a, a little speed bump that looked like a lady laying down from the bottom? There's like two <laughs> little humps because that, that, those are speed bump signs. Um, Ryan's, got, Ryan's complaining because there's interactive ones apparently that change colour. They start at red and then they go sort of an amber, then they go green. <laughs> On, on different times, um, and you push a button to get a little green Very man to come up. Oh, just just hooligans everywhere. Is the green man the away kit or the home one or the third kit? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, yeah. So it's when it flashes, that's your that's your third kit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you're not going to get an argument there. I think that gets straight in the Excellent. bin. Delighted, no arguments cool. there. It's so, a good job because there's only two of us this week, so there was no like third person to weigh in and be the deciding factor. Yeah, no, that's. Should we? Should we try? Have you got a third one? We, we like a third. Should we just? Should we have one last one? Can I think of one? I mean, oh, my what, only what, other one's drums. But I feel mm, like that we could go on about that for a while. Yeah, I think that's its own. <laughs> um, because we need to make research in that. Um, I, I think I think what annoys me is fans writing players off on signing announcements. Oh yeah, yeah, seen that all over recently. And it's it's so irritating because we we just as fans we don't seem to learn. You know the way that 
if if you look back over our players, for example, we had Owen Doyle for us, who was mm-hmm. terrible. He's called the Ginger Pele at Swindon. <laughs> Just because it didn't work at your club doesn't mean yeah. it won't work. It's like you guys. You guys had ben Whitfield. Ben Whitfield. Look at him up at Barrow. Absolutely yeah. loved and adored at Barrow. Didn't work. Oh no, no, I don't want to say it didn't work. I think yeah, like it no, work, that, but he didn't. He didn't yeah. fly. He didn't get to show at an EFL level for you guys what he could yeah. do. But that's you know, you guys had a, a packed squad. You had Ollie mm-hmm. Crankshaw. Now, you guys as a fan base weren't as impressed with Ollie Crankshaw as what we were. Mm-hmm. We were gutted when he left us. Yeah. You and, and look, players signed for your clubs. Give them a chance. I I remember last year getting criticised. I went on a on a Bradford City space and I said on that space about fans being toxic and I said players read social media. They do. If I'm going to mm-hmm. sign for a club, I'm going to look at their hashtag. And if I mm-hmm. see rumours of me signing for that club and all I see is negativity and people posting stuff about, well, he scored six goals in 48 games for this team. It's yeah. Why would you want to subject we yourself to We had someone recently, I can't remember who it was, Smith, goalkeeper, who um, has played like four games in the last however many years. I have no idea why or, you know, but you, I think this is where you trust your recruiters that they've they've seen something that yeah. you know that they, they think that they can bring to the team and and fit with the existing players. They're not just playing football manager at home and like looking at stats and FIFA scores and like oh yeah he looks good love him. Yeah, there's that, and then the last one that I'm gonna and this is again <laughs> connected to the same thing. I know we're having a few here, but this is this is these are my moans. I think we should end with moans. <laughs> These, this is my other morn of the week. It, it relates to Bradford fans. It relates to Doncaster fans that I've seen this week. Just because a player played for you in the past does not mean they will definitely come back. Players, oh, on Don, yeah. oh, fans at Doncaster constantly tweeting and asking the club to announce Billy Sharp. At the oh, minute, Bradford fans demanding that the club announce Naki Wells. Do you know why? Hasn't he? Billy Sharp. It's his car no, is there. No, it's not his car. It's the owner's car. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's been seen at Scunthorpe. No, he hasn't. Do you know what I mean? There's more than one person with a surname Sharp, believe it or not. <laughs> Quite a popular name. Naki Wells at Bradford. Naki. It's Ted. So do you know do you know what they so here's why people think Naki Wells is going to come back to Bradford? First of all, he liked a tweet of oh, him wow. scoring his first ever goal for Bradford. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's. I mean, that's that's usually the first I indicator. Mean, nailed on. Second, it's been ten years since we last had a hooped kit and not a striped. <laughs> rumors, there's rumors that we're having a hooped kit this year, and Naki Wells wore the hooped kit, so that must I was mean. Gonna say, does Naki only wear hoops? And you well, know that's part of it. Yeah, so he he it must be set in stone that he's coming back because we're getting a hooped kit. <laughs> Andy liked to tweet. Um, ironically, the tweet where he scored the goal, he didn't have the hoop kit on. So, well, that's look. Preseason's fun. We like to cling on to stuff, but please don't be flooding an announcement of a player with "That's not Billy Sharp" or "That's not Nicky Well." I appreciate the fact that this player's 
come to your football club and yeah. you know if it turns out the crap fine then you've got a right but if they've not kicked a ball you're not doing yourself any favors whatsoever and if they do well you're just gonna have to you know apologize later down the line look stupid <laughs> yeah. yeah so have you got anything that's annoyed you this week everything annoys me this week just generally like on the edge ryan was warned earlier to not push any buttons so <laughs> what are you doing just realized my mic unplugged i was sat talking and you couldn't hear it i was saying what are the buttons that was Ryan showing that he does know how to use buttons. So I wish I'd known earlier that there were buttons to push because I'd have pushed them. <laughs> but, you know, we're here. We've reached and the end of... What episode is this? It's episode six and a half, I think. Or maybe seven. Might be seven and a half. You know what? It's episode... We're less than ten. We're somewhere between five and ten. I think it's seven, not including the Crawley one. Not including the Crawley one, right? Well, oh, we'll how did their uh, their meeting, big meeting, go with their uh, the fans and the permits? <clears throat> um, I don't think that's something for me to talk about because I get um, people quite riled up when it comes to Crawley, right. apparently, um, as you are well aware. Um, <laughs> You're acting like you didn't know that, but you were in the chat. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, I don't know how the meeting went because the we got the minutes from the original meeting, which were the minutes that were agreed by Eben. They weren't mm -hmm. the original minutes, so they were heavily edited. Which, considering what was in them, makes you wonder what the hell was actually in the original because he approved the minutes that say we don't have any money to appoint a CEO, mm -hmm. which is astonishing. So yeah. what was in those original minutes? That's, I suppose, my question. Then they had a meeting last week and we got kind of a statement that said who attended, but we got no minutes. No, it, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, the minutes were a little bit obtuse, I think. Um, Vague. There were a lot of blanks. There was a lot of this was not. Answered. This was not discussed. This was not discussed, but not why mm. this wasn't discussed. Like no. essentially, if you're going in there as a supporters trust, you're going yeah. in there as the representative for your fans. If they've given you questions to ask, you need to be asking them. You can't yeah. just leave that many, especially you know, if it was one or two. Mm. But this was literally every other question was this was yeah. not discussed, and it yeah. was all the important things. Yes. It, you know, it was the things that would have given answers. But I think that the thing with this is that the FSA have stepped in as well now. Yeah, the FSA and are kind of mediated. positively, um, the CTSA's kind of statement, and it's all available on their website and, and via their Twitter, was that, you know, they hoped to work more collaboratively in future and kind of have a better, better communication. So, you know. All things considered, that's that's a positive step forward. I wouldn't hold your breath. I, I'm just reporting on the facts. 
Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you say. I know, it, like from from the outside looking in, it kind of does look more positive. But kind of knowing people involved on both sides yeah. of the argument, it's I, I I don't feel it's going to get any better. I think I feel like it might be a bit of smoke and mirrors to look better, but it's not going to get better. No. So next week, producer mm-hmm. Gary's back from his extended wedding slash honeymoon slash second wedding third honeymoon slash still not invited slash yeah didn't get to go <sighs> but um he might be talking to us about some very special experiences of his yeah um weird little conversation that was earlier today and it was about mascots um he has a, for anyone who doesn't know gary has an, an actual book for sale on amazon called suited and booted um jock we'll get ryan to tweet out the link and get people to buy it and it is gary for i don't know how many years it was i think it may be 16 years i'm not 100 sure yeah. he was the uh the mascot for lincoln town no lincoln city not lincoln town lincoln city. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah the imp um so he's going to share some of his stories and recollections of his time and we're going to try and get some mascots from other clubs involved um maybe not current mascots before anyone has kittens listening to this (laughs) my phone rings that's not going to happen but former mascots and people that can tell stories and yeah, I think we're going to have a right good chat because believe me like you said you were interested in kind of the mindset of it and how Absolutely. I just know that I would be a very different person in a mascot suit. I think it would be so much fun, but I know that I would be very different to how I am normally. I think what I've found, and we won't go into it, but this is like we can kind of, this will be the lead into it for next week. For me, I feel that the person in the suit, when they're in the suit, it's their personality dialed up to 10. Right. So whatever you see of them on a normal day, even if you think that they are insane and batshit crazy <laughs> in normal day-to-day life, that's nothing compared to when that suit comes on. Okay, and it essentially yeah. is, it's just them three, four, five times in terms of the yeah. insanity because they can get away with it. And it's, yeah, look, speaking yeah. from experience, it's a huge, for me, stress relief. And pre-season is a very big that. thing where you don't get to do it. And it's horrible. I'm going to order the book. Ryan's already got the book. I'm going to give it a good read. And because yeah. uh, I want to read it, that's going to go on my other gym or fix it list. Like, I want right, to be stop on that bringing top. Jimmy Savile into it. <laughs> stop bringing Jimmy twice this week. My God. Honestly, that I'm going out. I, I, honestly, do you know what? You go do your thing with Jimmy Savile. You do what you need to do. I'm off to Pizza Express with Prince Andrew. That oh, is it's just. Fun. <laughs> and next week, me and Gary can talk about uh, Lincoln and Stockport County. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, in Spain. I'll be the roving reporter. The roving reporter. Right, well, let's see how that goes. <laughs> Anna just smashed the <laughs> side of the pitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so do you want to wrap us up then? Should we wrap up? I don't know. Am I going to be allowed to if I start? It depends. Are you going to bring Jimmy Savile into it again? Are you going to bring Jimmy Savile back into it again? Anyone else you want to bring in? Who else can we talk about tonight before we go? What about Ian Huntley? Is Ian Huntley being mentioned tonight? Right. 
Thank you so much for joining us again. You can um, follow The Real EFL on at The Real EFL One on Twitter. And the podcast is available on all major streaming platforms. And we'll see you next week. What's that? Jimmy Savile. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 